Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. As historians look back upon the latter part of the 20th century, they may well categorize the mid-70s as the age of the cult. Not since the Dark Ages has the world groped so blindly for spiritual guidance or looked so desperately for some sort of communion with a power mightier than the mortal. Tonight's tale concerns itself with one person who unlocked a power that lies within all of us, a power so limitless that to understand it requires the elimination of one word in the vocabulary of mankind. That word is impossible. For Peter Cordray learned what lies beyond the impossible. He learned what happens when you learn to think the unthinkable. I'll be back in a minute to bring you Act One of tonight's tale of crisis called Anything the Mind Can Conceive. Peter Cordray was so unremarkable he sometimes thought he was invisible. Except for being tall, six feet two, he could move through a crowd and go absolutely unnoticed. He had a mop of dark hair, a triangular face with a blue shadow of beard, a pair of unmatching bushy eyebrows, sheltering narrow and deep-set eyes of a dark and undetermined color. He was narrow-shouldered and thin, He wore a white shirt open at the collar, dark pants, a rumpled, dark-colored windbreaker. His step was ragged, tentative, the tread of a man who doesn't have any firm idea of where he's going. This particular afternoon, Peter had gone to the post office where he checked his mailbox, and he found, to his relief, that today there was something in it, a sizable yellow envelope postmarked St. Louis, Missouri. Clutching it under his arm, Peter hurried out onto the street again, this time with a purposeful stride. In the same block as the post office was a cafe. Peter hurried in and walked to the very last booth, where he slid into a seat. He hid the yellow envelope under his windbreaker until the waitress brought him a cup of coffee and a bowl of chili, and then after looking furtively around, he withdrew the envelope and opened it. That's here at last. Dear friend, congratulations. You are about to embark upon a new life of undreamed of happiness and fulfillment. New power is soon to be yours. 
You're about to learn the secrets once known only to sorcerers. The power to command riches, obedience, love, and respect. To have whatever you desire, whatever you can imagine, and have it instantly. If, if this statement causes you to be doubtful, dear friend, put it to a test right now. Wherever you are, repeat this incantation and wait not more than ten seconds. You must say it aloud, word for word. All right, what do I say? Um, I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul and in his name command that money be my goal. Huh? I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul, and in his hey, name... Hey, this yours? Can, uh, what? This your wallet? It was on the floor by your seat. My, my wallet? Here you go. Better hang on to it. You might lose it for good next time. A wallet? It must have a name on it. Some money. Twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, ninety, a hundred. A hundred dollars. It worked. It worked. <laughs> Peter Cordray stumbles out onto the sidewalk, clutching the yellow envelope and the wallet tight under his arm. At the first intersection, he prudently extracts the hundred dollars from the wallet and throws the wallet into a city trash can. The words he learned burn in his brain, burn so brightly he mumbles them aloud as he starts across the street. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul, and in his name command that money be my goal. Oh, good Lord. Are you all right? I didn't see you. Are you all right? Do you hurt? Uh, we'll call an ambulance. Get an ambulance, somebody, please. No, no, it's all right. Don't try to move. Uh, look, look, I'm a responsible person. Just don't worry about a thing. You, you'll be all right. I'm a very responsible person. They're getting an ambulance. That's all right. I, I don't... Can you move it all? I, I don't know. My envelope. I, I had an envelope. What? Oh, this Is this it? Yeah, yeah. G give it to me. Oh, sure. Listen, it wasn't my fault. I, I didn't even see you. My, my money. I had some money in my pocket. Now, no one's going to get your money. I'll stay right here with you until the ambulance comes. I don't... I don't want an ambulance. I want to go home. Just let me get up. No. No. Stay down. You you may be hurt. My money, where is it? I don't know anything about your money. Oh, oh here it is. It's in my pocket. It's okay. Really, I, I think you ought to see a doctor. I'll pay for it, of course. No, no. I'll, I'll be okay. I just want to get home. All right. Now, look... I'm a responsible citizen. Now, here. Here. Take this. What? Take it. Go on. It's all the cash I have. Cash? What, what now, do you mean? Please. If you won't wait for a doctor, I want you to take it. Go on. This is $400. I just want to do the right thing, that's all. I'm a responsible person. Every man's home is his hideaway, and when Peter Cordray limped into his third-floor apartment, he had no thought to examine his body for injuries until he had hidden the money and the yellow envelope where he thought it would be safe. 
Then he went to the bathroom, stripped, saw that he had a bruise on one knee and a scrape on his hip and elbow, but nothing more. He drew a hot bath and stepped in. Then remembered the envelope, jumped back out of the tub, got the envelope from its hiding place under the mattress, came back and sat down in the tub again to read the rest of the contents of the envelope. Now you have proven to yourself that what has been claimed for this offer is true. And yet uh, you have been given only a superficial demonstration of the power locked within your own being. You now will proceed with absolute faith that what you desire will be yours instantly. What do I desire? I can get money. What else do I want? I know. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul and in his name command that that Norma Bennett be my goal. There. <laughs> I don't believe it. It couldn't be. Where's my bathroom? Here it is. I'm coming. All right? Norma. They told me you were run over. Well, well, I was. Not run over, just knocked down. Come in, come in. Uh, excuse me, I was taking a bath. Oh, I'm sorry. I... No, no, I'm glad you came. Are you hurt? Well, no. Just bruised and scratched up a little. Well, listen, hang on, and let me get some clothes on. Well, if you're really not hurt, I... Norma, don't go. You can't go. All right. Talk to me through the door. I'll be right out. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, how you heard about the accident? Someone saw it. They called Mr. Julian, and uh, he told me. Well, why'd he tell you? Because he... Well, he's heard me mention you before. He has? Yes. I didn't think you ever mentioned knowing me. I mean, why would you? Well, anyway, he, he let me off so I could see if you were all right. Well, and... And you walked all the way over here from the drugstore? It's not so far. There. All dressed. Well, I suppose I should be getting back. Norma, it was very nice of you to worry about me. I didn't think you cared, you know, about me. I don't know. I just couldn't stand the thought of you being hurt. I, uh... Norma? Oh, Peter... Some hours later, in the confessional mood of two people who've just discovered each other, Peter recited the adventures which began when he opened the yellow envelope. Yeah, I've seen that ad myself a dozen times. It says something about, learn the mystic power that commands money and love. That's the one. And they, and they send you this yellow envelope. Yeah, and the instructions. And they work. But it's impossible. Impossible? Is the $500 real? Yeah. Are you real? I'm beginning to wonder. What brought you here to me? The very second after I repeated the incan... Incantation. Yeah. What made you show up that very second? Coincidence. Like the money? Well, that could be a coincidence, too. Listen, darling, it's not a coincidence. It's a power. Listen to what else it says. 
There is no limit to the things you may command except for your own imagination and your ability to believe in the power you have. Wow, you really believe in this, don't you? I've got to. Look what it's brought me already. Hey, what's the wildest thing you can imagine? Well, I don't know. Come on. Well, I don't know. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. Then I'll think of something. Uh, it says use your imagination. Okay, well, let's start small. How about uh, clothes? Clothes. You're going to wish for clothes? Not wish. Command. Oh, all right. Command. All right, I'm going to try it. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul, and in his name... Him who seeks your soul? Hey, you wrecked it. Don't interrupt. Who are you praying to anyway? I'm not praying to anybody. I'm saying this incantation. Say it again. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul. Peter, do you know what you're saying? You're saying you give yourself to the devil. No, I'm not. Where does it say that? The devil is seeking everyone's soul. It uh, says so in the Bible. This doesn't even mention the devil. But that's what it means. Peter, get rid of this stuff. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Let me show you what it can do. No, Peter. I know what it can do. I know what it's already done to you. You took a hundred dollars that didn't even belong to you in that cafe. Then you let a stranger give you four hundred dollars more because he thought he'd injured you. It's the same as stealing. So, what do you want? You think I should just give it back? Yes. And what about you? I got you the same way I got the money. Oh, no, you didn't. You don't have me at all. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to report you to the police. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Let go of me. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul, and in his name command that Norma Bennett dies. Peter Cordray stood staring at the body of Norma Bennett for several minutes before he decided what to do. But when the idea arrived in his brain, he laughed aloud at the simple, obvious correctness of it. He walked around the body, left the apartment, walked down three flights to the street, and made his way across town to the cafe where he had visited earlier in the day. This time, he deliberately chose a seat at the counter in plain view of the waitress. Hi. Remember me? Yeah, this afternoon, right? Right. You found my my wallet for me. I wanted to thank you and give you this. Twenty dollars? Are you kidding? No. Take it. My my name's Peter Cordray. I won't be taking money from a stranger. (laughs) Well, thanks. Thanks a lot, but you don't have to do this. I know. Listen, uh, bring me... Just bring the hamburger. Sure. One burger coming up. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul. And in his name, command that my apartment house burn completely down. Say something? Uh, No, uh, nothing at all. What do I want? Um, What do I want? Uh, I'm going to need a new place to live. And where will that be? Hey, how about Florida? Hey, uh, you ever been to Florida? Talking to me? Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said, you ever been to Florida? No. Like to go there? Sure. Uh-huh. Tonight? Ha, ha, ha. You can. <laughs> okay, what's the joke? No joke. Come on outside for a minute. Don't you want your hamburger? No. Coming with me? No, afraid not tonight. That's what you think. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul, and in his name command that and command that this waitress and myself be in a, a pool in Miami Beach in my new luxury apartment. <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. I, I can't swim. What's happening? Will you shut up? I'm going crazy. Oh, boy. I place myself in the hands of him who seeks my soul and in his name commanded this woman. Go back to the cafe in Chicago. <laughs> There's no limit, is there? There's nothing I can't do. All I have to do is command it. Oh. What's the ultimate? What's the greatest thing? I can imagine. I'll have to give that some real thought. But I've got plenty of time. Big, heated pool. <laughs> Sunny Florida afternoon. Visitors. Well, if I live in a pad as swanky as this is, I gotta have a butler, right? He'll get the door. <laughs> Let the butler get it. Mr. Peter Cordray? Huh? Are you Peter Cordray? Yeah. Police officers, Mr. Cordray. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Sure, and what, what's the matter? You originally from Chicago? That's right. What was your last address there? My last uh, address? 2914 Parkhurst Street, apartment 3B. Did you know Miss Norma Bennett? Uh, well, I... I was acquainted with a Norma Bennett, yes. When was the last time you saw her, Mr. Cordray? I don't know. Why are you so interested in her? Don't you know? No, I don't. She was in your apartment, Mr. Cordray. You left her there. Then you set fire to the apartment. You went to the Henderson Cafe, waited until the fire company passed the cafe, then you announced you were coming here to Florida. Not too shrewd, Mr. Cordray. I have a warrant for your arrest. The charge is arson in an attempt to commit murder. No! Get out of the water, Mr. Cordray. No, 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 no wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll get out of the water. I place myself in the hands of him who shakes my soul, and in his name command that I be back in Chicago before I ever killed Norma! Oh, good Lord. Are you all right? I didn't see you. Are you all right, sir? Someone, will you please call an ambulance? Will you get an ambulance, please? This man's hurt. Excuse me. I, I think I know this man. I'm a responsible person. I've never had an accident in my life. Peter Cordray. I think he's stunned. I didn't even see him. Oh, no. Look, just leave him. We have an ambulance. Say, catch that yellow envelope of his, someone. Oh, his envelope is blowing away. 
Somebody catch that envelope, will you? Forget it. It isn't going to do him any good. Now, whatever it was. They say there are only two sources of power in the world, the power of good and the power of evil. Peter Cordray handed his soul over to the wrong source of power, and now he'll have eternity to regret it. I'll be back in a minute with a scene from next week's crisis and the names of tonight's players. Tonight, crisis presented anything the mind can conceive. Featuring Glenn Butkus as Peter Cordray, Margie Boulay as the waitress, Al Clark as the driver, Kay Balser as Norma, and John Walker as the policeman. The program was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, who invites you now to join us next week at this time for Crisis. Crisis.